With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. editor of ringtv.com and I'm on the Real Sports Guys podcast. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. <laughs> yes, we're about to reclaim our time. Shout out to Game Changer. You know, uh, he said that in response to uh, uh, pushing away from the NFL. But as, as, as Jamie Foxx said when he playing uh, uh, Boudini Brown, a lot of things I can give up, but I can't give up this NFL football. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hank and I, <laughs> Hank and I can't, can't, can't mess around. I didn't watch it. I didn't do my NFL package. I boycotted a little bit, but I run a sports talk show uh, radio. I talk about the NFL. I get on about all that issues. But at the end of the day, I had to watch and see what was going on. I didn't hit it. I didn't hit it as hard as I normally hit it, but I had to replay on it. But there's a lot happened. We're down to two teams. We're about to get serious to talk a little bit of NFL football. You listen to the RSG One Mic. We brought to you by our good friends over there at Carbonwell Health. Go to carbonwellhealth.com and uh, connect with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and the staff. And just, hey, tell them that the Real Sports Guys sent you. And if you want to check us out, go to RSG. Go to Real Sports Guys on all platforms. Check us out on iTunes. Please listen to us. Give us a rating, hopefully a five, and some feedback. We love it. Um, thank you all you folks who, who, who listen to us, but now we're going to hit into the cypher. The cypher, this is where we go deep. Uh, we're going to talk a hey, NFC conference championship. It got real interesting and we're going to hit a couple things. You know, the way I like to hit it, I like to hit, you know, cause you know, we got my man Hank on board with me. I like to hit him with a couple things. We, so we can kind of work our way, you know, through a, a couple of topics, but let's start with the, 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 the pre- what I call the pregame drama late last week, obviously Tom Brady injures his uh, throwing hand, uh, gets some stitches. He's at the interview with gloves on. He's trying to pull his best impression of Belichick. Don't want to ask any questions. He said, you're going to ask two. And then he broke on out of there. A lot of stuff coming into the game. When you heard Tom Brady hurt his hand last week prior to the game, what were your thoughts uh, uh, about that? My thoughts was he was playing. My thoughts was unless he came to that press conference with his right arm severed and in a plastic bag on his way out to, to the Middle East to have it reattached, he was playing. There was no way in the world Tom Brady. See, that whole thing to me was mind games. And then when you saw, I don't know if you had a chance, but they had the nerve. They, I mean, they had a chance to show the injury, and I'm pretty sure it looked pretty bad. But where that thing was on his hand, there was no way he wasn't going to play. You know, sometimes they, they play these things up to try to to, to, to run these mics. We'll see. Or oh, we'll see. Bull bleep. 
okay? That was, there was no way in the world he wasn't going to play. D, look, okay? Are you kidding, are you kidding me? It was just some Jedi this, mind trick this, going on. This, this, this the kind of stuff here that, as a fan, don't, look, New England, Tom Brady, I know you maize and blue. Man, don't insult our intelligence down here, okay? They would have had to wheel your butt out on that field if they had to, okay? You could have had a heart attack. All right, they was going to have a defibrillator machine at the 50-yard line. You was playing, okay? I don't even understand why they – I had a boo-boo on my hand. I'm questionable. Yeah, that's right. You're questionable, and I'm Donald Trump. He was playing. <laughs> so so the game starts, so the game starts, man, and Jalen Ramsey and that D, they show up. They show up early. Um, they show up, they, they get in there to get on it. Grock goes out second quarter. Um, people start to worry. These youngins are not playing around. They come up here in Foxborough. Like I told you, we're going to win this beep, you know? And so Jalen Ramsey, they out there playing, they balling. And, and you could, you could, you could see the look on Belichick's face. Like, Oh, these young boys, ain't not messing around, not messing around. But then, and this is where I this is where the difference, again, we talked about this about saving, talked about Belichick. Part of it as a, as the coach, are you going to win the game or are you going to try not to lose? They get the early lead. And then they have, they have what, about, was it about 50 seconds on the clock? They're on their own 25. They kneel to go into the half. They st- that's when you start to say, okay, you didn't watch the Super Bowl. Right. You got to, you got to take this from them. Like Coughlin, Coughlin gave you the remedy, but he also said we had to go get it. You you, you can't coast in here. You like Tom Brady ain't gonna come out and make a run. Like he ain't gonna figure out make them some adjustments. They're not gonna figure out how to figure out how to get around y'all. Y'all was knocking around, but what like he just go? You got to take it from him. You got to damn there pull it out of his hands. So when you watch the game, you know you hear people talking about pass interference call. Hey, I've complained about them getting calls. And, and you know, I've been I've been one of them big guys complaining about it. But this is also a case where you got to take it from the champ. What were your What were your observations about how that game played out? You know what? Okay, you you just said something that is really. I knew you were waiting on it. More, I knew you were waiting on it. Yeah, it's more synonymous with with boxing. Okay, you got a you've got a popular heavyweight champ, undisputed. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to outpoint him. You think you're going to take the champ 12, 15 rounds, and you're going to win on a split decision. Oh, no, 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 young man. Just because you win the first three, four rounds of the game, okay, of the, of the match, you've got to knock the champ out. You've got, you've got to have him wobbling in the corner. In the last round, the champ has got to be out on his feet, and you just tattooing him. If the champ is throwing blows, if the champ is starting to hit you in the body, if the champ is starting to wobble you late in the fight, you off tight. You're going to lose that fight. I don't care how you think you started, okay? Now let's flash back to football right now, okay? This is exactly what we saw with Jacksonville. They came out strong. They came out tough, okay? But I can promise you, if you watch that game, when you watch that game, and when Tom Brady, and the New England Patriots went down with Gronk out and scored that touchdown, I promise you, you said, here we go. Every fan, I don't care if you were rooting for Jacksonville, 
I don't care if you were rooting for New England. I don't care if you were rooting for nobody. When they scored that touchdown in the, at, the, at, the, at the end of the first half to cut that score down, everybody said, here we go. Here we go. Because we've seen it before, okay? These guys don't get rattled, all right? If anything the Super Bowl taught you is that they are already in the hands of their opponents, see, even before the game gets started, because we see the same thing. They don't stay on. They don't. They don't keep their foot on the gas. Things start to happen. Okay. Now I want to talk a little bit about these referees because this thing has got me scratching my head so much I had to go shave my hair off deep because I got patches in my head because I don't understand this. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Everybody wants to talk about. Oh, the referees are congratulating the New England Patriots. All oh, the referees gave them the game. Wait a minute. I got a problem with that. Are these the same referees that are hired by Roger Goodell, who last time I heard hated Robert Kraft, hated Bill Belichick, hated Tom Brady, okay, had him suspended for four games for deflated balls that he didn't deflate, okay, but he told somebody to do it, allegedly, all right, that wouldn't you think that just based upon what we know that this league, this commissioner, if nothing else, they are not going to continue this legacy on my watch. But then all of a sudden you start seeing some questionable stuff. And all of a sudden now, it's the, I'm telling you, it's the mystique of the New England Patriots. They've got that parquet feel. It doesn't matter what goes on around the league. They have earned that mystique, my man. And so if you watched any of the other games that we're going to talk about, there were some very questionable calls in that game too. But we didn't see so much of them. The one thing I will say that made me scratch my chin was there was not one significant offensive or defensive penalty against New England. I can't figure that one out. But I can't figure it out because the mystery that's got me is the fact that this league, this front office, does not care for this particular franchise. They do not like the New England Patriots. We know that. It's well chronicled. So how did that happen? Sometimes when you've got a dynasty, Sometimes when you're seeing something you don't know if you're going to ever see before, everybody involved has a tendency to become a spectator. I will put that on the referees a little bit, okay, because I'm telling you right now, when, when Brady and, and, and that team scored that touchdown, if you are, unless you've been blind on Mars and just don't watch football, you knew something special was going to happen in that second half. Everybody did. It's just that I think that, Everybody involved, including the Jacksonville Jaguars, got caught up in the mystique because they didn't start, they stopped playing. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, and I said this about Jacksonville, I mean, their their corners are very handsy, very physical. I, I've talked about that when I watched them play against the Steelers. And I knew that wasn't going to play out in Foxborough. I knew that, you know, part of which Belichick is probably already in their ear uh, about, about about how they're playing, um, and Brady's probably already in the ear about how they're playing. The other thing is, the one thing that uh, New England receivers do better than any other set of receivers, and I, I talked about this last week about the miracle in Minnesota, is they play to the ball. And when they play to the ball, what ends up happening is when you're being handsy, it, it, takes, it takes the referee's eyes to you. They don't give up on the play. 
And so they're more likely when you're playing back the ball and you're getting impeded, even if they're, gra- you know, receivers do a good job of grabbing your hand and kind of pulling you in. I mean, they do all those tricks, but when they play to, to the ball, back to the ball, and sometimes I swear New England throws those routes looking for the P.I. And receivers yeah. play back into the ball and they force the referee to do it more so than you see other receiving units do it. Sometimes other UC receiving units give up on the ball. They don't. They play to the ball like it's there. In some ways, getting the defensive back to come back into it with a with with corners who are already grabbing you all the way down the field. So I had a feeling they were gonna get. I think I even told you that. I, I had a feeling they're gonna, they're gonna get one or two pass interference calls just because of the way they play. Now people could say, well, New England plays that way. New England's not as handsy. Now I'm not a big New England fan, but they're not as handsy on that way. Where, where where they lost the game, and I, and this is where I was complaining a lot about the Steelers, is that they what they did eventually what ends up happening is they brought people in the box and they were getting they were getting uh, they were getting them in the third and long, they were getting new, uh, the Jaguars they were cutting that they were cutting them down to getting like two or three yards per rush when they were started out in the first half I think it was around four yards per rush. So right. they made that adjustment and took away because they knew we can put let's put Bortles in third long and Bortles had a decent game, um, but you know they weren't they weren't trying to make those plays to finish off and those getting out of the field and then they gave up a third and eighteen on a cross route again they got them tired they they're throwing all those short routes uh, they lost Jack um, and you know and he did this Amandola was the one making the plays they lost Gronk. But he found that middle of the field. And even against the Steelers, the Steelers were trying to throw that pass, but they didn't have anybody who could catch it. You remember that? Right. They, you know, they tried to throw to McDonald. Hey. They tried to do all those guys. And, but Brady had Amendola who could catch that, right? And so right. it's the difference between a team making plays and a team not making plays. And I think Jacksonville, in learning their maturity, played not to lose rather than play to win, whereas all the other games they are playing to win. This was the one game – where they start to play, not to lose once they got. They try to coast into the finish line. You can't do that against a team like New England. You got to put the foot uh, on the pedal. You got you. You absolutely do. You got to keep scoring. You got to put as much distance between you and Tom Brady as you possibly can. Um, what what the Giants used to do was they just didn't give Tom enough time to do nothing. Mm-hmm either on the defensive side or the offensive side. They ran the ball down their throat, and they threw just enough with, with, with uh, Eli Manning to keep them honest, all right? Um, and, and, th- and that worked for them to upset the New England Patriots twice. And, I, and, and the thing is about Jacksonville is they've got those pieces. They've got that talent. You can see it coming, you know. Uh, and quite frankly, if it wasn't for a spectacular play by the – by the safety of the uh, New England Patriots on that on yeah, that, that, on that pass, that was a hell of a play, okay? Because that pass was there. That was an amazing play, okay? If you haven't seen it, go look at that play at the end of that game. That was a great defensive play because that ball was there, okay? Uh, he doesn't get to that ball. That's a touchdown. Now we're going to see the mystique for real. But before it got to that, you know, it's like they scored three points in the second half. All right, this was a team that hung 45 on, on Pittsburgh last week. So something happened. Something happened that they just weren't able to, to get it on track. And like I said, you let Tom Brady hang around. And I don't know what that number is about hanging around because we thought Atlanta had him. 
we've let him hang around and he got the ball in the last three, four minutes of a ball game, you might want to start getting ready because I just believe at this point he's got that kind of uh, – that, that, that stigma that, that gets into the heads of these defenders. I, we, we've seen it too many times. Joe Montana used to could do it too. You know, as you get down to the end of the game, you're like, oh, this lead is not safe. And know what he's going to do next. I do want to say this, though, before we, we move on, is I saw something from the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Blake Bortles, I saw it. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I saw it. When that game was over, they did close-up to those guys. And they had tears in their eyes. They were crying. They were hurt. And to that, I say, gentlemen, bravo. Why do I say that? Because those guys wanted to win. Mm-hmm. They absolutely thought they was going to get to the Super Bowl. And I just I just tell you, I love seeing raw passion and raw emotion in games like that. Uh, and I love when I see professional athletes that want to win so bad that, that, that it pains them that much. Not that I want to see them in pain, but – you got a, a, a young team like Jacksonville that thought they could take down the Giants and thought they had them, and it hurt them so bad. It wasn't like we were glad to be here. And that's great to see in professional sports. And I look forward to just watching what those two guys, their emotions, made me a, a, a Jaguar fan. And I look to see, and I, and I hope that they keep this thing together and make another run. They're an exciting young team, and, and uh, they showed a lot, a lot of character, a lot of moxie. You know, but you got you, to take down the champ. You got to knock him out. Yeah, and I, I think you you hit it right on the head. And I also think you know losing Jack, who's another person who could help them in the middle of the field. Their linebackers are so fast. Part of that is because Jack is fast. That you, right. he's the kind of person who can pick up an Amendola. And when you lose, you lose somebody like that down the stretch. You lose that kind of guy who can get under routes. Um, it, it's it's hard to recover. And but this team is built to last. I mean, with Tom Coughlin, I said this before. I mean. Tom Coughlin learned a lot from his first stint at Jacksonville where he brought that college mentality and he had to figure out how to soften something around the edges. And then, you know, those early years with the giants, you know, learning from those veterans as well, you know, as well and honing his style and really finding it. Now, you know, he's, you know, he's got one of some super bowls. Now he's back in Jacksonville where he's now in that position where he can mentor coaches and he can run that front office and that team reflects, um, a lot of what his work is, and you can see that. And um, they're building something in Jacksonville that's built to last. He's got the right cornerstones of young people leading that locker room. So uh, I look for them to come back and be strong. You know, they got some decisions to make about, you know, in terms of what they're going to try and do uh, in the offseason for that quarterback position and whether, like, you know, Bortles made a big enough case that he's growing in the right direction. Uh, there's a lot to be said. Over in the NFC, you had the Miracle, and then they came in, and, and Minnesota – Wow, no one thought that Minnesota lay a dud. But, hey, look, I've been in the link. I went there back in the day when Fire was playing for Green Bay, um, and he went to Philadelphia, uh, a road playoff game, uh, playing against Donovan and them. Donovan hit with hit him with the fourth and 26 uh, uh, to your boy, who's the people champ. And uh, being in Philly, like I said, is a whole different place. And that crowd um, – uh, they came out and it, it, it was an incredible game of, you know, two kind of perennial backups and, you know, uh, Case Keenum ran into a bus all out there and uh, it, it uh, was, was, was an incredible kind of feat and, and, and the Eagles end up soaring. And so 
you just got a lot of conversation about, you know, as the Super Bowl goes. But just as you watch that game, no one expected that game to go the way it went. What were your thoughts? I think that when I looked at that game, uh, and you know when we talked about this last week, we really were looking for a slugfest. We were looking for a knockdown, drag out, three yards in a cloud of dust type of game. Uh, we got We got anything but. I mean, this thing was kind of wide open from the start, uh, but the the big the big pick six by Minnesota, and then they got the ball rolling for Philly, and it was and it was pretty much done after that. What I saw though, D, is um, I looked at that game. I watched Minnesota play, and you're talking about a team that got off the mat last week uh, on the last play, and that emotion trying to tra- trying to take that emotion to another game. Is 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 something okay? Did you do? Did I, did I see a letdown? See, they don't like to talk about letdowns in professional sports, but that's exactly what I saw. The other thing I saw too, though, was that the New Orleans Saints had exposed uh, the Minnesota Vikings defense, especially their secondary. Okay, in the game against Minnesota last week, they just couldn't close the deal. They couldn't close the deal, and. Um, to to Nick Foles' credit, I mean, Minnesota did all they could to put pressure on it. He moved around in the pocket really well. Uh, he was able to get the ball down the field on double moves to his receivers, and it was basically torching the Minnesota secondary. And then that game got done real fast. And then what you saw from Case Keenum is what you saw from Case Keenum early in the season. Uh, when you put pressure on him, he was he was subject to the to the poor throw. He was subject to to the deer in the headlights look. So he kind of came full circle in that game. And now and you also saw that their lack of a running game also finally hurt the Minnesota Vikings. We talked also last week, D, about these teams that play indoors, going outside in January, mm-hmm. play uh, these playoff games, and that made a significant difference in this game. You know, Philly, and, I, and then granted, it was, a, it was a beautiful day as far as the weather was concerned for mid-January, late January. But that being said, uh, there is something there's something to that. But I just believe that what you saw was a, a, a colossal letdown with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't I think the Vikings on a last-ditch Hail Mary that connected, that pulled them to snatch victory out the jaws of defeat, uh, and now you got to go to to the link and try to regain some of that, but you know you were exposed. And there's something to be said about we thought we was going to lose, but a team can see what another team did to you and be able to you know exploit that, especially on the road. And that's what I saw with the Vikings, and I saw where a lot of their shortcomings came home to roost. But don't get it twisted, okay? That's what I saw from the Minnesota Vikings. But what we saw from the Philadelphia Eagles is pretty much what we've seen from the Eagles all year. Okay, this team only lost three times, and they were blowing the doors off the teams early in the season before they got their first loss. I believe they were one of the first teams, one of the last teams, rather, to to, 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 to be undefeated before they got their first loss. So this is a good, solid football team. They've been that way all year. And unfortunately, when Carson Wentz went down, anybody wrote this team off. But this is still the same gritty football team. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't look past this team because everybody has got the Patriots, you know, sunglasses on. This team has been tough all year. They have, you know, from start to finish, 
This has been a tough, gritty football team. They didn't lose. I think they lost one game down the stretch. Maybe might want to look that up when Carson Wentz got hurt. It wasn't like Carson Wentz got hurt and then this team folded the tent. No, they lost one more time after he got hurt, and it was and it was and it was irrelevant because they had already wrapped up the uh, uh, playoffs throughout the the the, 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 the NFC. So this is a solid football team, and it, and they have taken to being the underdogs. They have taken that, and they have used that to their advantage. They got their fans walking around with dog masks on. They love this. And this team has the same record as the New England Patriots. And so don't don't sleep on these Eagles now, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the fact they lost Jason Peters, you know, Pro Bowl uh, uh, left tackle, they lost they lost Jordan Hicks, you know, uh, one of their key linebackers, and they lost Darren Sproles, you know, one of the most dynamic, you know, kind of utility backs in the in the league. He still had a lot. He still has some stuff in the tank, and they had to replace all of that midseason in addition to losing Wentz. So you're right. I mean, they've kind of um, you know been able to you know keep this team together and um, you know uh, keep things going in the right direction uh, in a way that. Um, yeah, you can't sleep on. Them. They're going to come in uh to this Super Bowl which you know, we'll spend some time next week breaking the Super Bowl down. Um and so we won't get any predictions, but you know, they they're, they're going to be formidable uh uh coming in there and they're going to be they're not going to be uh shying away. You know, now Johnson, you know, their uh uh star offensive lineman who was wearing the dog uh mask or helmet or whatever it is, a, a hood or whatever the mask they got going on, you know, Talked about you know pretty Brady and would love to take him down. I think, I think slow that down. Don't don't wake up sleeping yeah. giant. You know mm-hmm. you know leave it alone because now he got two weeks to heal. You saw what he did when he didn't even have half a week. So don't be you know don't get too caught up in, in all that. But they Philly tough. <laughs> they represent Philly. Uh, these guys are scrappy. Uh, they got a number of things they can play with to do this. Um, they got some time to prepare. Um, they got a defensive line that gets after you. Uh, so it's going to be a, a real interesting game as we uh, start to, uh, you know, prepare for, uh, uh, for that, for that, for that run. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, we can get into it, but, you know, when you think about where Minnesota goes, you know, what should they in the Minnesota front office with, you know, you're sitting there looking at these quarterbacks you know, and you in Case Keenum has been, you know, making a run, probably making a, you know, a Pro Bowl, you know, that Pro Bowl kind of uh, level run. You know, where do you go if you're if you're them? You know, what do you do? What do you, what's your what's you your decision? You know what? Yeah, you know what? You you you're almost at a at a at a crossroads. Here's the thing with Minnesota: they they made an amazing run. Um, a lot of that offense, though, was supposed to. Now, keep in mind, people forget about this. It's been so long. Was supposed to run through Dalvin Cook, who got injured, okay? And then Sam Bradford got hurt. Now, Sam Bradford, unfortunately, has been a China Dow since he's come to the NFL. In fact, he started getting hurt before he left Oklahoma. So what are you going to do? And then you got Teddy Bridgewater, who's a coin flip. And then you got a healthy quarterback who's Case Keenum. So here you are, you're the Minnesota Brash. You just you're a game away from the Super Bowl. Uh, do, do, do you what do what do you do here? Um, and that's and that's a very difficult that's a very difficult uh, a decision to make. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to you you pretty much have to sign Case Keenum, don't you? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're looking at what your quarterback options are, you pretty much have to sign him or franchise him or do something because you cannot rely upon Sam Bradford. Nobody can. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's Teddy Bridgewater shows that he can be Teddy Bridgewater before the injury, and you don't know that. This man got you further than anybody has gotten you, you know, in the last two decades. You pretty much, you know, since, since Dante Culpepper was your quarterback. So you pretty much have to ride or die for the next year and then see what you have, you, you, you know, and then if, 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 it, if it's fool's gold, such as it is. But if it's not, now at least, you know, we, we've seen this happen in the past where you get these quarterbacks, they've been uh, career second stringers, and all of a sudden they, you, you give them an opportunity, and next thing you know you're Hall of Famers. You know, Kurt Warner, Jim Plunkett, those are the kind of players that come to mind. So this could be the same thing with Case Keenum. Minnesota uh, really needs to sign him back, make sure that Dalvin Cook can be can take the pressure off in their running game and give it another swing next year. Yeah, I mean, when I thought about Minnesota, I was like, yeah, I mean, they, they don't, you know, Dalvin Cook got hurt. Now think about that. You had Dalvin Cook right. to this team, and with even with the way they're some of that running back stable that they have, stable that they have. I mean, that's a, they just kind of came. I was like, well, yeah, that's right. They do have Dalvin Cook. I'm like, that, that is, they got something coming back. And if, you know, even if Case can play up to the level he played this year, you had, you had a running game like Dalvin in with the pieces that they have at running back. Now you got to, you, you know, now your running back core looks kind of like Philadelphia's with that, you know, that interchangeable group that you got. Uh, and, and you got these, you know, these wide receivers who are pulling together and you got to tie it in. So, you know, it's like, you know, don't, you know, and and you got you know you 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 got a young quarterback who either can challenge for the starting job or is there for a backup, you know, here for a little bit and see what see what happens. So yeah, I think their future is still bright uh, when you add that kind of talent back in to the lineup. When you think about um, you know Jacksonville and do you keep Bortles? Um, do you try to upgrade from that? Did he show you enough tape that he's growing? What, what do you do? What do you do there? Listen, look at look at Blake Bortles, okay? Uh, look at Eli Manning. You can pretty much see the same quarterback, okay? You've got you a running back in Leonard Fournette. You've got you some plays that you can make out of, out of the backfield. A couple of solid uh, wide receivers. You got your defense is sound. He's building him the New York Giants South. Is Coughlin, you know Coughlin. So I can't see you move Blake Bortles at this point. Again, you just took on the world champions in their place, and you lost by four points. Okay? Let's look at this game. and Let's look at where this game was at. You hung 45 with Blake Bortles on, on Pittsburgh. You won the AFC South. Okay? You got to the AFC championship game. All right? Continue to build. You put some pieces around this young man, and he showed that that uh, he can get you there, and he showed he has the passion. Here's the here here's the thing that that folks um, make the mistake on. Okay, they forget where they came from and try to and, and forget what happened and how they how you know what happened that they didn't get there. For example, when you look at Minnesota, they got their doors blown off. Okay. But that was because the defense got crushed, all right, and you didn't have a running game. Your running game uh, was was pretty much non-existent, 
all right, that wasn't all the quarterback. Then you look at Jacksonville. You built that team very solidly. And now you went and got Blake Bortles, and now he's starting to pan out. You're foolhardy if you think you're going to go get somebody that's going to take you to the next level. You didn't get your doors blown off, nor was he the reason why you lost. Okay? And, in fact, there was a stat I didn't realize is that uh, in most cases, and in all cases this year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, when they did not turn the ball over, they won the football game that this was the first game they played this year, that they did not turn the ball over and lost the football game. That tells you something. Bortles is taking care of the ball. You've got you a stud in Fournette. You've got you a stud in Miles Jack. You keep that quarterback, you make a run next year. They're going to be favorites on, on a lot of news wires to come out of the uh, AFC next year. I'm telling you, that's the next team. Anybody watching that? So, yeah, I mean, one of the things I, I, I love one time I had to bring the recording when I did, we did the preseason for the 2016 season. Um, and, <laughs> and, and that season I thought that, that Jacksonville was going to make the, the run. And part of it was people forget how young Blake Bortles is. They draft, his first yeah. season was 2014. But in his, in his second season, five touchdowns and only 18 interceptions. In his second season. That was when they were starting mm. to build, and and and, uh, and then in 2016, that was when people thought, "Wow, they're about to take run." And then he had 23 touchdowns and 16 interceptions, which is still bad. But that was a year they kind of their defense was supposed to be better. You know that you know that's when they replaced the coach after after that. And then now he's at 2017. They go to AFC Championship. So this is a guy who's been around that long, and I was even. Even at that point, I was like, after his first season, people were like giving up on him. And I'm thinking, this is a young quarterback um, coming in, you know, came out of UCF, was, you know, pretty highly touted. You know, people kind of didn't know what he'd do. But then he had that 35 touchdown uh, season. He had that breakout. You know, then he goes into 2016. It was a bad season, pushed back, but he still threw for 23 touchdowns and then only 16 interceptions. So it was like, it wasn't like he, and then all of a sudden he got this rap and, you know, you have a, a, a new coach coming in and this year he had, you know, 21 touchdowns, only 13 interceptions, basically took care of the ball. This is still a young guy. Yeah. And so, you know, I, it, it, the narrative, the way they talk about him is like he'd been in the league eight years. Right. He came but in in 2014. Well, understand this too. He came to an abysmal Jackson yes. team. Okay, and and what folks fail to realize, the quarterback takes a lot of heat on what's going on with the entire team, and that team was just putrid. All right, they but what they've done is they've drafted extremely well, and they put some pieces around him. So now all of a sudden, here he is. But you're absolutely right; the numbers don't bear out a lot of what people say. I think that the fact of uh, um, him being on the Jaguars, them being it's, it's kind of like the same narrative when you talk about a Matt Stafford. Okay, he's got some incredible numbers on a bad football team. So then you start saying, okay, do we move the quarterback or is is, is he the problem? Well, clearly the nation saw that Blake Bortles is not the problem. Okay, Blake Bortles and the, and that Jacksonville team, he looked like one of the top five, top six quarterbacks in the NFL these last two weeks. I can't see. Why, in the name of God, Jacksonville would make that move right now? It seems like he's turned the corner, and he's turned the corner with his team. 
Yeah, I mean, I go back and look at him because I, you know, I remember arguing uh, with uh, Phil and Marcus about them. I mean, even in college, this is a guy who threw fifty, what, fifty-six touchdown passes, only nineteen interceptions. He had a twenty-two and five record um, uh, at at UCF. I mean, you know, this is a guy that came in and and, and uh, you know wasn't someone that you you. He had some promise, right? He, you know, he's just like you know a lot of these spread quarterbacks coming in, but you know his the way he threw on third down uh, against the Steelers, um, he, you know, even against uh, New England, um, he had some key passes with some yards. You can see he's finding his way. Yeah, it's something that it's something for them to think about. I mean, obviously you're gonna have Alex Smith and some other guys out there, but this is a young guy. This is the kind of guy that I can see if they lost him, his career could be resurrected somewhere else because you can see the bones of somebody who's got some potential and you hear the narrative you're like this guy is not having been in the league that long so it's going to be interesting to see you know where this goes um and i was trying to figure out i was like wow how did the narrative change on this kid uh who threw 35 touchdowns you know uh two years ago and had a bad year last year you could say the coach didn't hold that that locker room together and that's the reason why he's not there anymore um that right. everything should be on this young man's on this young man's shoulder. So there's a lot going on here uh, in, in the in the NFL as we start to we, to uh, uh, think about it. Uh, we got uh, coaches. Um, uh, the coaching carousel is con- is continuing. Uh, uh, you got um, uh, uh, Carolina's defensive coordinator who uh, was just hired to to take over uh, Arizona. Um, there were some major complaints that. Um, you know, he wasn't getting good looks at all. You know, he's kind of been sitting out there, been this long time. He was a coordinator, um, and Arizona, um, you know, did the due diligence and and, and um, is looking to 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 make some moves. And um, you know, Arizona's got some pieces out there on defense. Um, so to hire a defensive coach uh, uh, there uh, is is probably a, a good thing that they uh, needed to needed to do. Um, it it sounds like um, um, uh, Shermer's go, Shermer's going to be taking over uh, at for the Giants. Um, so some things are starting to come in place here. You know, landscapes changing a little bit uh, here, even as we're waiting uh, to check out uh, the the Super Bowl um, and, and seeing how that's going to go. What are you seeing about some of these uh, uh, some of these some of these announce, uh, announcements that are coming? You got Steve Wilkes going uh, to 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 Arizona. Uh, and so we got that coming together. Um, did the Lions make the decision yet? Yeah, the Lions were, um, were, were, it's, were... it's not official, but it, but it sounds like Matt Patricia, the uh, defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, is going to be the Lions' next head coach. That's who they had targeted the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is around here is whether or not the Lions' offensive coordinator, uh, Jim Bob Cooter, is going to keep his job because mm-hmm. Matt Stafford likes him. But uh, that's, the, that's, that's the higher, you know, the thing that uh, Bob Quinn, the Lions' uh, general manager, he wants to do things the Patriot way, which, you mm-hmm. know, I say bravo when you talk about a team that's gone to 10 Super Bowls, a franchise that's gone to 10 Super Bowls. And so you're talking about, uh, um, I want to say McDaniel, the uh, offensive coordinator, for uh, the the um, the New England Patriots, he is also being tapped for a head coaching position. It, it, it escapes me right now, but 
I know that his name has come up too as being a as being uh, the Indianapolis Colts are looking at him uh, as their as their. And he had, next, Ray, uh, he had Vrabel, Vrabel hired down there, who I like a lot, and I was uh, being hired by the Tennessee Titans. You know, so you start yeah. to see this Patriot lineage um, showing up here across. Uh, the NFL, everybody's a copycat, but especially these defensive guys. You see, like everybody's trying to find a Belichick. You got Vrabel, you got Patricia, right? These defensive guys from right. from the Patriots are uh, are being hired in these positions. I, I think that that Vrabel's a smart guy. You know, other than the fact yeah. that he was a Buckeye, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I got to give smart. him, some, but, I, but I like him a lot. I like him a lot. I think he's a great football player, um, but I think he's a great mind. I think he learned the right way, came up the right way, and He's the right kind of person, I think, in Tennessee. I think he's innovative enough. Um, I think he'll bring in the right offensive coordinator to um, help out uh, uh, in terms of the, the 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 offensive side of the ball a little bit, and so and get some get some stuff going there. But I think he'll he'll continue to shore up that defense that uh, looked really good and, and kind of get them back on on track. So I think that's a decent hire, um, uh, you know, uh, there as well in Tennessee. And yet. Hugh Douglas still got his job at Cleveland. <laughs> well, one thing you can say about Cleveland is they, they're trying to say, hey, we need continuity. There's the one thing you can, can say. Because that's a city consistent. with no continuity. <laughs> they did not have continuity. They were changing coaches like 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 I'm changing shoes. And at yeah. some point they say we gotta we gotta stick with something and see, give it some time to to mature. So from that standpoint, I don't I don't quite blame them. You know, I always like to, I like to check in with you. You know, I, you know, Hank does inside the park for us. He does an excellent job with that podcast. Uh, but you know, I always want to just give you see what nipples you got going on on the baseball side, which would you, what you're hoping to talk about uh, when, when folks listen to you on inside the park. Well, you know what, this is that time of year, D, you know, we, we, this is hot stove still, you know, we still got guys out there that, they look like they're going to be moved. I, I was, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the tea leaves, reading the tea leaves. You uh, Darvish, uh, who was with the Dodgers, you know, during the World Series, uh, is looking to be moved. Look like the Cubs are interested. Look like the Milwaukee Brewers are trying to uh, make a push for them. You got some names out there that that uh, everybody needs to try to look out for. Lorenzo Cain looks to be to, to move. Jake Arrieta, man. You know, Jake Arrieta was lights out with the Cubs. Now you got teams that's looking to 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 try to get him. He looked like Texas is trying to make a push, but don't be surprised if the Nationals don't go after him. You know, the Nationals are good about uh, bumping up that payroll. One young man I want to keep an eye on uh, going into. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. Is Christian Yelich? I think I brought his name up uh, last time we were on. Because Christian Yell is the center fielder for the Miami Marlins. Not very happy right now with what's going on in Miami. Not happy at all with the fact that they just got rid of one of the biggest uh, uh, names in the game to go to the Yankees. Now, he's asking to be to, to be traded. He's, he's not happy with the uh, ownership led by Derek Jeter. This is, a, uh, this is a fine young center fielder, probably one of the best center fielders, could be one of the best center fielders in the league at 26 years old. You know he got a he's got a career 290 average, uh, got good pop, got good range, uh, and 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 there's teams that's going to be out looking for him. I'm hoping that the Tigers at least take a look at him as as a as a uh, a piece that they could move, you know, to 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 uh, and some players to move to to really start their rebuild. Um, 
uh, you look at a team like a Kansas City for this young man. I want to keep an eye out for that, but this is the time of the year where, where teams start to try to get just that last piece, that last component, what they they need before they get to spring training. As we go on with uh, inside the park, as these movements, as moves start to happen, we're going to start to start break down the 2018 season and what the uh, Astros need to look forward to to see if they can repeat for another championship. It's going to be an exciting baseball season. I look forward to it. I look forward to bringing it to you. Well, hey, y'all got a little taste of what inside the park is uh, going to be like. Uh, you know, Hank does an excellent job, you know, bringing baseball, um, it, breathing that life into it, uh, not just about analytics and eggheads, but still the sound of the bat does matter, uh, that that, uh, that that people forget that the, a lot of this stuff is uh, uh, not causation, it's correlation with a lot of these analytics. And so there's some stuff there uh, that uh, uh, requires qualitative stuff. And Hank reminds you about the heart and soul of the game. And that, that part I love about it, um, as well as make sure you check out, uh, uh, go to realsportsize.com, uh, uh, check out Sekou's, uh review, uh, Hip Hop of, of 2017, uh, great stuff he's doing there. Um, and check out our big show and all the stuff we have on that. We, we love that. Uh, Hank, I'm going to let you drop the mic, man, and, uh, and take us out in uh, uh, the show for us. I certainly will. Thank you. You know, um, I started to show this this week, you know, th- today, and I talked a little bit about the government shutdown. Uh, and I was speaking in light of it, if you will, but, you know, it really speaks to uh, what, what's going on in this country. You know, when we, when we get to the point where we can't even sit down and make deals because everybody's got to win. You know, I got the win over you, you got the win over me, and in the end, folks, everybody loses. You know, I say this because as we move on and we talk all the time about, you know, this, that, and the other thing, you know, we're still one country. You know, in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be in February. There's going to be a lot of talk about Black History Month. There's going to be a lot of talk about the history and the lineage of the African Americans that's on here in this, in this country, but guess what? You know we're 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 all one people. We're all one race. You know that's the human race. I bring this up because again, you know we need to start to get together. You know if 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 I got the win over you losing, you got to lose over me winning or whatever it else. Guess what? We both lose and everything gets shut down. And we don't want everything shut down. We need to keep everything moving. We need to keep everything grooving. And we just we need we just need to be that one. So listen, on behalf of the real sports guys, I want to say to y'all, be blessed. Have a great evening. Have a great tomorrow. And we will be back here next week to holler at y'all again. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch- 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.